Welcome to the I Want to Like Whiskey podcast. Maybe you've had a bad experience with whiskey in the past or had very strong, neat spirit thrust upon you and surprisingly not enjoyed it. If so, then this is the conversation for you. I'm Rob Patchett, Global Whiskey Ambassador for the Cotswolds Distillery, and I'm joined by leading personalities in the drinks industry who agree that more people need to drink whiskey, but on their terms. We discuss whiskey cocktails, experiences, great people to follow in the industry, and how you can find your way into whiskey. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the I Want to Like Whiskey podcast. I'm Rob and this week I am joined by one might say rock stars of the whiskey podcast circle coming from Scotland, Florence in Italy and deepest, darkest Warwickshire with myself. May I present (laughs) our very, very illustrious guests, Jen and Inka from the Whiskey Sisters podcast. Guys, welcome. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, and that's an epic intro. Got to say, I'm loving that, Rob. Thank you. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I'm working on them. I'm working on them. I think think it's going to be a part of what we do here on this podcast. So first and foremost, uh, yeah, yet again, thank you for being on this podcast. Um, I mean, what we, what I always like to talk about with this podcast really is about not only your journey into whiskey, your individual journeys, um, and obviously we're going to talk about your amazing podcast that I've been listening to for a long time, but also just getting up to scratch today as well. But more importantly, this is about you as influential people within the whiskey industry talking about why so many more people should give whiskey a chance and get into the category because there aren't any rules and I hate people that put rules and stipulations on why we should drink whiskey. So I guess first and foremost, Jen, I'll go over to you and just ask you, what sparked your love of whiskey? What got you into this journey? Well, one of the first spirits, well, in fact, the first spirit that I really enjoyed was whiskey when I was young. But at that point, I just didn't know how to appreciate it without getting, you know, a horrendous hangover. So I just put whiskey <laughs> to the side and, you know, came back to it in my 30s. And I kind of remembered, do you know, I used to really enjoy a dram when I was younger. And I was at a distillery tour on the beautiful island of Mull. That's where I spent most of my childhood. And on a visit back, I was uh, doing a distillery visit with some friends. And that's when my real love affair with whiskey began in my thirties. But the early seeds had been planted. (laughs) That's a good foundation. I really like that. (laughs) Inka, what about yourself? Well, I've been writing about spirits for quite a long time, but I didn't feature much whiskey. I don't know. I think I was a little bit scared. And then in December 2017, I think it was, um, I made a kind of New Year's resolution that I'm going to immerse myself into the category and just try more and try to learn. So I basically ended up loving it, like <laughs> loads of the whiskies. Um, I did. I joined the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, uh, did lots of tastings with them. They were super helpful. Obviously, I, then I got into cask strength whiskey straight away, which is also kind of <laughs> interesting. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. I just like the stories and the whiskey itself, but also the history and the backstories. It is a very deep, dark hole once you actually take that first leap, isn't it? But it's interesting, especially for you, Jen, because I'm very similar to you. I had I had experiences of whiskey at a very young age and just sort of parked it and said no I don't think that's for me actually and then came back to it later on in life and went why why did I waste so much time not drinking this it's wonderful and then also 
it's that whole, you still have those stigmas. Like even to this day, I was given an abalawa when I was really young mm -hmm. and I was like, that is poison. That is awful. <laughs> what is, what is going on? And so even now I look at an abalawa and I've kind of got this trepidation, <laughs> this fear. And I'm like, oh God. But I did actually have one a couple of weeks ago and I thought, yeah, 18 year old me really was an idiot in every single sense of the word. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's these journeys that we go through, isn't it? I, lo I love the sort of, gave it a try, didn't like it, came back, love it. And I now just have that passion, don't we? But I can relate to those lost years, that regret. I think all those years I've wasted not enjoying it, but yeah, glad to be back now. Yeah, I grew up drinking, drinking vodka, so we don't really, or we didn't really drink whiskey in Finland back in the day. Um, it's obviously much popular now, but so I'd never really got in, into whiskey when I was younger. You've got some seriously good whiskies in Finland now as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Lots of good rye stuff. Yeah, world whiskey is super, super exciting right now. Um, okay, well, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that we're all on the same page with regards to uh, our stunted beginnings. And then obviously coming back round to glory where we are right now. But um, along all of that journey and along all of that moment, those wonderful moments of re-engaging with whiskey and finding these beautiful times where you can enjoy it, you guys have, you know, been to various distilleries. Your social media, both of you individually and collectively, is awesome with regards to the distillery visits that you've done and the places that you go. Um, are there any moments that you've had, whether it be recently or over the last whenever time frame, Basically, it's what whiskey moments really stand out in your memory. You know, times when you've been having a dram with friends without at a place or the actual dram itself that's just kind of gone and made you say, this is something I'll never forget. Inka, shall we start with you? Yeah, apart from fi finding my whiskey sister. <laughs> that's very special, I have to say. So I would say a trip to Rasi. Beautiful. A couple of years ago, my husband planned kind of surprise birthday trip for me and we went to Isla Sky and then Rasi and they've just opened the visitor center and the hotel, like the whiskey was already matured, but still very young and everything was still quite new, but it was amazing. It was midsummer. I was sitting in the room, um, sipping my whiskey, watching the Isle of Sky and the sunset and oh just yeah it was beautiful just everything was perfect <laughs> i've only ever seen it in pictures but it is absolutely stunning of all places to build a whiskey distillery that is just beautiful oh my god yeah and like midsummer the sky was kind of purple oh it's just yeah it was magical totally magical do we work for the tourist board of Rassi? Maybe, maybe <laughs> they should definitely be giving us a cut i did love the whiskey so much that i bought a cask so Oh, really? Yeah. We should talk afterwards about a visit to the Cotswolds Distillery then. <laughs> but sorry, no, Jen, what about yourself? What about a great whiskey moment for you? Well, to echo what Inka said, it's been so exciting to share my whiskey journey with her because I didn't have as enthusiastic whiskey-loving friends until I met Inka. So that's just sort of heightened my own joy and pleasure of experiencing whiskeys with her. So it was really nice. I mentioned Tobermory Distillery earlier mm. sparking that real love affair and Inca and I visited together so that's a definite standout moment we did a really nice tasting but on a personal level I was lucky enough a few years back to be on a trip to Sweden I've not been to Finland but I have been to Sweden and it was winter 
and we did like a dog sled trip oh, and wow. we stopped and we were by the fire and like we had whiskey and a hip flask then we were back out in the dog sled and the you know the short window of sun sun um rise to sunset there was just beautiful hues and colors in the sky and i was like a little bit tipsy from the whiskey and it was all just a bit enchanting and wonderful so you know stark contrast to some of those earlier hangover memories but that really was quite <laughs> majestic that sounds wonderful no no i couldn't live in sweden i don't know how these people stay slim and eat blueberries in march and the and the snow and everything i ate my body weight in carbohydrates and drank so much whiskey when i was there because i'm not built for the cold so <laughs> full respect to healthy swedish people i must i must admit i was um i was on the have you ever heard of the cinderella whiskey cruise no no so Viking, yeah, it literally is exactly what it says on the tin. So the Viking line is like a, a cruise line company um, oh, that yeah. do all the fjords and everything. And mm -hmm. once a year they do the Cinderella whiskey cruise in which they take one of the ships and they make the entire car deck into a whiskey festival. And then they sail from Sweden out to um, Orland, halfway in between Sweden and Finland. And by doing that journey, it deems all sales on board as duty free, which means everyone gets like 40% off whiskey on board. So all the brands pile on, loads and loads of stock. There's loads of distillery exclusives. So you've got people racing to the McAllen stand and things <laughs> like that. But you're on the boat for at least 24 hours. So they get on, there's a whiskey uh, festival from five until about 11. But then there's this whole unspoken rule where you have to basically drink from 11 p.m. till 5 a.m. when you dock when you dock at this island. Um, I didn't see 5 a.m. at all. Um, and then you come back, you do another whiskey festival in the morning with some masterclasses, and then everyone gets off at one o'clock, and they just get a new cycle of people, and you wow. do this for four days, and it was incredible. Ah, <laughs> uh, that makes sense because I did see some uh, Finnish brands were doing like. Um, Cinderella or like those like boat specials and I was wondering why and that makes sense yeah yeah but, yeah um, it was the first time I did it and we are definitely going back next year oh incredible my God. Jen we're going That's I've it. done some of those boat trips before like from Finland Helsinki to Estonia and it's kind of mental but it's not like being a whiskey festival but it's always a bit crazy we're so putting I think that on the list yeah for sure it's the only whiskey festival I've ever attended where everybody has a trolley, like an actual <laughs> trolley, and they're just piling whiskey into their trolley. Fantastic. Because some people were buying their whiskey for the year. Um, Sweden's got this huge whiskey club culture as well, so there was lots of clubs buying their bottles for the year as well. So people had come up to the stand and it was just like, how many bottles do you need? Do you want a few cases? Just Love shoveling it. it. It was amazing. Serious purchasing. Absolutely. No messing Serious. about. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah, the alcohol absolutely. laws in Finland and Sweden. That's why they do the cruises and they're quite yeah. big because you can go and buy alcohol. Yeah, and Mixed. they're just good fun as well. So yeah. it's it's a win-win situation, isn't it, really? <laughs> okay, cool. Um, that's enough about me waffling about being on a ship serving whiskey <laughs> to lots of wonderful people. But one thing that I always like to ask about, so this podcast, the whole genesis is about bringing more people to category. So if there's already people that listen to your podcast and there's three people that listen to our podcast as well, <laughs> it is about trying to get them to recommend this podcast to people that have said the words, I want to like whiskey, but, you know, be it that bad, that bad experience in early days or be it something that they've just got that makes them not want to drink whiskey. 
And so I always like to talk about these unorthodox or unconventional serves that in which in ways in which people can enjoy whiskey. You know, previous serves that have always been popular have been whiskey pina coladas or smoky cokies or um, root beer and bourbon. Um, you talked about it on your last episode of season two, and I talked about it with Becky last week about whiskey espresso martinis. Are there any are there any ways you like to drink whiskey that you know? I wouldn't say unconventional, just just a little bit different. Jen, what about you? Why don't you go first on this one? Well, interesting you say their pina colada because I do have some Glencadam new make that I have heard rumours is fantastic in a pina colada, but I've been waiting for summer weather, so good luck with that living in Glasgow. But I'm keen to try it. I haven't tried it yet, but I do really like pina colada. Um, it's not that different, but it's maybe some people would maybe turn their nose up at it. But I quite often have, like, I, I prefer my whiskey straight. I prefer it neat. But I really like a wee Diet Coke or Coke Zero chaser afterwards. And some people might think that's a bit, you know, scabby. But I'm, I'm for that. I enjoy it. And I just, I think that's what it's all about as well. We should experiment, play about with how we like to drink it and whatever works for you I think you should just own it. Jen also how about your cheese puffs thing that's delicious. What is this what is this? Oh yeah this is like the best thing ever. I do really enjoy a cheesy what's it with a nice sherry whiskey or a blackened american whiskey the metallica whiskey goes really nicely with a cheesy puff like a cheeto or a what's it yeah once i tried it after jen told me about this with blackened american whiskey oh my god it was so good i nearly ate the whole bag and like had quite a few drums don't think you have to go for the artisan <laughs> snacks people just whip no. out the what's it's yeah my mind is blown right now. If you can't see me, my eyes are wide open because that is a revelation. What's it? And sherry cask or a blackened American style whiskey? Try it, Rob. Or even like maybe even a single grain that is really, you know, sweeter, a bit more um, caramel notes, that kind of stuff. If it wasn't for the fact that eating on podcasts and sometimes even excessive, like continuous drinking from um, from um. What's that? What's that phrase where you just can't stand listening to people drink or oh, eat? Yeah, all the slurp, oh, yeah. all the slurping. You know what I mean? Like it'd be really cool to do it, but as a podcast, it's the worst concept ever because you just be like, can you not eat oh. crisps next to a really I... sensitive microphone? <laughs> misophonia, misophonia. That's what it's Got called. Got it. Love it. Misophonia. So to all of you that suffer from misophonia, fear not. We will not do a crisp and whiskey <laughs> pairing on this podcast. But maybe when you guys come and visit us at the Cotswolds Distillery. We'll do one. We'll do one then. We'll bring snacks. Yeah. Yes. I'll bring the whiskey. You got the snacks. Yeah. Amazing. Um, sorry, Inko, over to yeah. you as well. So I got, apart from Jen's amazing idea, I recently discovered popcorn whiskey Negroni. And I, I'm a bit of a Negroni snob. So I love experimenting and trying different recipes. So I made one with peated scotch. Um, I used Lafroy QA cask. Nice. With some sweet vermouth, Campari, and morning popcorn syrup. And it was amazing. Mm, 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 mm. I love that. Yeah. Have you ever tried it where you just basically batch a big Negroni and then just steep your popcorn in it for a couple of hours and then filter it off? No, I haven't done it that way. But I'm sure it would work. 
it does work. The only problem is that you end up with a bottle of Negroni, which means that you're <laughs> oh, not measuring no. out a Negroni. You're just like, oh, no, my glass is empty and I can just do this yet again. <laughs> yeah. But that sounds amazing. Popcorn Negroni. I am in. What's it? Popcorn. I'm off to the shops. I'm off to the shops. Cool. Okay. They're amazing, by the way. They're going into the Hall of Fame of just awesome serves and how you can get people into whiskey. Next time I see someone eating what's it, I'm going to be like, have you ever tried whiskey with that? <laughs> um, so as well as just going up to random people in the snack aisle, what would you say, Inka, I'm going to start with you. What would you say is the best way for someone that hasn't really enjoyed whiskey previously? What would you say is the best way for them to get into whiskey? I think just taking part of tastings, like go to different... Uh, either if you if you can't make the distillery and try the whiskies there, just loads of bars are doing tastings or join the Scots Malt Whiskey Society even. Um, yeah, I, and even now you can order at home, like you can get little tasting sets if you feel mm. a bit shy and you want to do it on a video call or whatnot. So I think that's the best way. You get loads of different information. Also, you get to try a variety of whiskies. So it's easier to find the type of whiskey that you may like. I like that. I really like that because it is just about that sense of community, people that are like-minded, whether they've been in whiskey for 20, 30 years or they're just getting into it. Everyone's there for the same reason. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So you can learn and make whiskey pals at the same time. Whiskey pals, that's what it's all about, right? Exactly. Jen, mm -hmm. would you say anything differently or would... I would I would really echo that and but definitely if you are going to sort of venture into some bottles even just starting off because I just think there's lots of bottles that are in a more reasonable price bracket don't maybe get too swept up in the hype of super expensive bottles or trying desperately to get special releases if you're kind of new to the the whiskey world because um, I think that can be quite exciting and things but just to get a sense of things I just think there are there are loads of affordable choices and I guess you know if you are somebody that enjoys social media just to kind of find like-minded people that you're drawn to whether it's fun kind of posts or people doing lives I quite like watching um, whiskey lives by people that I'm following and then it maybe introduces you to someone else or gets you thinking a little bit differently so I quite enjoy that and if I'm in a geeky mood maybe like a good old Charles McLean whiskey book for a wee bit of history or something <laughs> yeah yeah, you can't go wrong with any of that, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, that is the beauty of where we are right now in whiskey as well, is there's just, there's so much community. So there's so many tastings, there's more whiskey bars, yeah. there's more, uh, I mean, there's more people getting into whiskey than just dusty old white men with beards. Hello. <laughs> um, and so there's no, there's no reason to feel excluded is what I'm alluding to with regards to if you want to get into whiskey, there's, there's plenty of people around that can be there for you. And then like you say as well, it's just a case of finding a community, finding a dram that you like, and then you've got the internet. You know, every single distillery is putting out their content, their tasting notes, their tastings, their stories. I mean, you can go into a little YouTube black hole with regards to researching distilleries as well. So between between podcasts, between, I mean, I was going to talk to you guys about this later, but we might as well cover on it now. I mean, whiskey on Instagram, that seems to be this whole different um, sort of stratosphere or community as well. I mean, Inca, you've got like three or four followers, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. In well, case anyone I've... doesn't know, Inca's, um, Inca's Instagram is sizable should we say would you do you want to describe it yeah yeah 20 plus 
20,000 plus followers on the source again. So, but I cover, it's not just whiskey, although it's been a bit whiskey heavy recently, but I'm trying to keep it a bit mixed. But yeah, I mean, the Insta, the Instagram whole circle of whiskey people, Jen, you, you, me and you are, you know, we're, we're the, we're the real folk of Instagram with a real amount of followers. <laughs> and, you know, we just, we just post about what we love and, you know, the, <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's basically my mum and a few people I work with that like my stuff. But it is, you get to follow all of these wonderful people and have access to, to be able to message them if you need to and, Definitely. you know, talk to people like that. So what would you say, you know, Instagram as well is a great one. Who would you say, reach out, follow, see what their content's doing? I would say um, Whiskey Germany, for example, because he, he does every whiskey he features, he's, he has tried. And it's only open bottles. So you will always find really good information about the whiskies. And I've sometimes when I'm like, I feel like shopping, online shopping some whiskey, I go to his page and just kind of browse through and think like, okay, what, what does he recommend? Or if I'm thinking of certain whiskies and between three or so, then I see if he said anything about it. And just kind of, I don't know. I feel like I trust his opinion a lot. Nice. Jen, what do you think? I think it can be interesting to give the Spirit of Women documentary page a bit of a follow. They don't have a massive following, but Leah Kingsley, we've had um, her on our podcast on a couple of occasions, and she is currently filming a documentary, The Spirit of Women, uh, over in America, but I believe she's going to try and come to Scotland as well about um, females in the industry mm. that are kind of trailblazing and things. So I think that'll be quite an interesting one to, to have a follow of. But personally, I really enjoy Whiskey Morgue on Instagram. That's our friend Mike, who's based in Canada and he pairs whiskies with slasher movies and he's just amazing. <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, as far as whiskey pairing is going, never heard that, but I'm going straight to his Instagram. I love that. <laughs> we we met him through um Whiskey Rob, who is the distiller for blackened American whiskey. So a nice connection we were having Rob on our podcast and he mentioned Whiskey Morgue because he was doing a live with him and again just just nice testimony to how the community builds and you can make these friends on the other side of the world amazing i mean let's 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 talk about that for a second you know you guys obviously host the whiskey sisters podcast an amazing podcast based around your love of whiskey your friendship but also there's quite a lot of musical influence in there um inca do you want to sort of take the lead and jen come in whenever you want i'll leave this to you guys but basically just tell everyone that listens, all six people, about the Whiskey Sisters podcast, its genesis, where it came to, how you two met. Just go for it. Okay, so like I mentioned before that I made the New Year's resolution to get into whiskey and I really got into whiskey. So I just felt like the next step for me would be to do a whiskey podcast. But I didn't want to do it on my own. I needed to find the ideal um, partner in crime and then... Jen, uh, we basically met in a whiskey bar and we realized that we loved the same whiskey and we liked the same music. So that's kind of um, what we've been trying to then channel into the podcast, like keep the whole like Guns N' Roses rock and roll vibe. We have heavy leanings towards animal print, 1980s rock yeah. and yeah, similar whiskies. So it just felt like the kind of gods had spoken, crowds had partied and there was some sort of like meaningful life path that was commencing. <laughs> yeah. So we, we on the podcast, we'll have some music, kind of rock and roll music between 
segments and we'll try to bring in guests like we had the Metallica Blackened Whiskey um, Master Distiller and Blender on the podcast, for example, and the guests that are maybe linked to um, music and so on. And I think it was really important for our vibe or kind of ethos when we were getting together, as well as having our awesome font that looks a bit like Iron Maiden's font, as well as the fun kind of yeah. side of, of, you know, being podcasters, like just to be a bit creative and have fun with it, was to just keep it really authentic to our journey, like not to, for me, who's new in sense of you know learning about whiskey not to pretend I knew things that I didn't and for us to be really um yeah congruent with our actual preferences and what we enjoyed in the whiskey and what we didn't but not in a mean way not in a mean-spirited way ever we don't like to think we like to keep it light-hearted and laugh makes me back to wee shitey I don't know sometimes we call like we have a, this joke that we call each other's whiskey bitches yeah sometimes we, <laughs> we veer towards really? whiskey bitches if we're not liking something but we try and keep it kind of just light-hearted all the way through don't we Anka? yeah Exactly. And like when we do the reviews in the Dram on Fire section, what I find interesting is that we're trying the same whiskies, but we both have different preferences most of the time. So it just shows that whiskey is for everyone. There's always whiskies that you don't like, but there's always whiskies that you will. And, you know, it creates opinions and talk. And yeah, I think it's great. And you, so you can always count on our reviews to be honest opinions. That's amazing. We don't sugarcoat it. That is amazing. Um... I mean, a few things to pick up on in there would be the fact that the the whiskey and the music thing is always, always interesting to me because whiskey is like music. Whiskey yeah. is very, very personal to the individual. Uh, what whiskey you enjoy depends on what mood and what time of day and where you are with regards to just emotionally, I would say, as well. So you can have heavy leanings towards a certain style of whiskey and a certain style of music, but it doesn't mean you dismiss others as well. I think there is so much more to be said about whiskey and music and also just yeah I think that the music industry should embrace more whiskey as well I mean I know that Jack Daniels kind of has the monopoly on you know if you think of Motley Crue or rock and roll it's like oh yeah there's a bottle of JD floating yeah. around there but you know oh I don't know if you listened to the episode where we uh, featured three different whiskeys that were owned by like different uh, bands yeah like Ramstein and all these. I did yeah, hear about was... the Ramstein whiskey and I didn't I did think, wow, these guys do not hold back at all. Yeah, there was we what was it? Ramstein, uh Bob Dylan's Heaven's Bob Dylan's Door. Heaven's Door and the Scorpions. Scorpions, yeah. Yeah. And they weren't that good. <laughs> no. It's it's always a tough one, isn't it, when celebrities or bands put their names to booze in general. Yeah. Uh, there's only a few that I would actually say are legitimate when it comes to that sort of thing. So uh, I'm a massive fan of uh, Tool, Perfect Circle and Pussifer. Mm -hmm. So Maynard, Maynard from those bands, he's a winemaker. And if you've ever seen his documentary Blood Into Wine, he's not just putting his name on it. He bought land in an unconventional area of America, yes. Arizona. He Not only does he grow his own grapes and harvest and create his own wines, but he also just he, he he creates his own um so he grows his own wheat and durham wheat and his own 
flour and then has pasta restaurants and everything like that like he's completely engrossed that's amazing in that. he's just like all in and committed to it and you know all the layers and that's just super authentic isn't it as yeah. opposed to like oh yeah let's partner up with them and shove a cool label on it yeah there's, the, unfortunately it seems like there there's a good bit of that about i would say that marketing is like low down on his priority list when it comes to that sort of yeah. stuff and he is more about the produce another one that really shocked me was pink Oh, pink, oh, she pink, doing a whiskey? No, she does a wine as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yet to see somebody... Rosé. No, do you know what? She actually grows her own grapes and actually does her own vintages. Um, she grows she grows grapes that are... Because uh, I've got a bit of a wine background as well. And she grows grapes that are actually good for the soil where she's got land. So she cool. grows like Cabernet Franc and she does think everything naturally as well. She's, she's not just putting her name on a bottle. So... I always respect it when people actually, if they're going to do something, they go all in. Definitely. And they're actually there for the entire process. So they're farmers as well as actual producers. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be good to see if someone could do that in the whiskey world. So uh, if there is anyone in the music industry that's listening, time to time to do things a little bit more authentically, we would say. Definitely. Okay, so I always ask as well a few other questions, but mainly this is a positive space, a positive podcast. We love whiskey. We love talking about whiskey. And we also like talking about people, places and products within whiskey that not only do we enjoy, but we also believe that other people need to be aware of. So what I always traditionally called this was the punch up section, but I am very quickly going to change it because it takes too long for me to describe. It's basically an opportunity for the both of you to tell others that listen to this podcast about people, places and products that they need to be aware of if they're not already. So Jen, is there anybody within the whiskey industry that you think because um, I know that you mentioned Leah earlier, but if there is anyone else that you want to sort of amplify and let the whiskey world know that they need to be ta- paying more attention to this person. We had Carrie Ann, who is known as the Malt Maiden, um, on Instagram, who does lovely postings. If you're into sort of nature, she posts a lot of lovely shots about whiskey and her reviews of whiskey. She's worked in the industry, but she's working in the outdoor industry, I believe, just now. Um, but she has a lovely Instagram that people might want to check out. Cool. Yeah. And she does that occasionally. She's been doing tastings in Glasgow as well. Oh, yeah. She, her knowledge in whiskey is just amazing yeah definitely yeah and she was doing like that's right and because she was doing like pairings with whiskey and chocolate and things from a pub in glasgow and they they went down really well so yeah definitely check her out malt maiden love it inca anyone that you want to shout out um well recently um mike jared who is a travel and drinks writer based in the u.s but he also i think he has links to the uk as well i don't know if it's like half and half but so he wrote a book called Cask Strength, the story of the barrel, which will be out this July. And he asked me to read it and write a little blurb on it and see if I you know, found it interesting and so on. And the foreword will be actually written by Fred Minnick, who is also oh, cool. quite Another, thick and whiskey. A pretty good podcast yeah. as well. Yeah. So this guy wrote this book and it sounds kind of crazy, like, OK, just book about barrel. But it was so interesting. So I think people should definitely keep an eye out for the book when it when it actually comes out in uh, in July. So say his name Super again, interesting. please. Uh, Mike Gerard. Mike, Ger- Mike Gerard. And the book is called Cask Strength: The Story of the Barrel. And there's loads of history of the barrel, how to use it, and like nitty gritty information about flavors and 
like you know it can get a bit technical but i do love that and yeah it was super interesting it sounds it sounds weird but i guess we're on a whiskey podcast but if you start talking to me about barrels i absolutely nerd out beyond all belief because we're a jim swan distillery and jim swan was able to give us like all of the great producers all the great cooperages in the world to source barrels from Brilliant. I just go down rabbit holes, absolute rabbit holes when it comes to talking about barrels. So Mike Gerard, right, I'm going to buy his book. And then when you guys come, we're going to have to bring coats and we'll just sit in the warehouse and just nerd out over barrels as well. Because, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I just love it. And yeah, scratch the surface and I'll go on forever. Oh, perfect. Cool. OK, so as well as people, um, products as well. So, Jen, is there anything that you've tra- tasted or had or drank, be it a cocktail, a whiskey or anything of that nature recently that you really think people need to be aware of? Oh, we've been going on about this a lot in our podcast, but we really uh, well, I'm saying we, but I and I am speaking frankly as well because I know she does. We love <laughs> the re- releases from the Glasgow Distillery 1770 whiskey. Yes. There's some of their cask finishes are just outstanding. They opened in 2014 and they're just really innovative uh, innovative spit it out and i just think their whiskies are affordable and just really exciting cask finishes i think they've got a red wine ruby port finish out just now that um that sounds delicious yeah oh my god the tequila cask was so good we share a distributor with them and they're awesome such nice oh, people as well really nice. nice people really nice yeah. people yeah, we've met Seb and, and we were lucky enough to get some behind the scenes touring in and we had a great time, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, they've been great. Like, we, we love supporting them because we just genuinely love any, everything they do and they've been amazing to us as well. So it's a good, like, whiskey friendship. Whiskey pals, that's what it's all about, yeah, right? Whiskey, whiskey pals. Inka, is there anything that you've enjoyed recently? Oh, loads. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I wanted to like do a little shout out to the Whiskey Cellar, which is an independent bottler from Edinburgh. And he has a long history in whiskey. We are, he was actually one of our guests on the podcast before. Um, but he basically releases these amazing single casks. Lots of like he always has some single grains, which is, you know, um, kind of growing industry maybe a little bit more like people people are not quite sure what it's about so he has some amazing releases like Cameron Britt's 36 year old or Canvas that's closed distillery um I love Canvas so much yeah oh he yeah he had this 33 year old Canvas single grain it was really amazing and obviously they all limited numbers and if you can get them it's worth a try and I tried at the Florence um event whiskey fair recently he he was here so uh it was uh brew laddie and it was just yeah i don't know old school brook laddie is amazing as well yeah. isn't it yeah mm. yeah um yeah just going back to that canvas i was um a tasting a few months back and i had again a, i think 30 odd 31 two something like that but the canvas this is just like a little whiskey hint isn't it that if you go for quite old grain whiskey it's always got that like sweet cereal creme brulee crunchy nut cornflake style flavors and for a 30 year old whiskey it's usually going to be pretty reasonable i just got a friend of mine a 32 year old gervin and it was like 80 quid and it's like you would never find a really good single malt that's got those sort of flavor profiles for that price point so it's like a little whiskey hack 
is that if you just go for an age grain. And I think, yeah, exactly for new people who are getting into whiskey, maybe don't want to go straight away with the peated, although some people love it straight away. But like single grain could be a good option with a bit more sweeter notes. And, yeah, it's yeah. just those lighter styles, isn't it? And those sweet, I mean, that's whenever I talk about tasting notes, I always try and equate them to desserts. Because when you're trying to talk about whiskey to people, you want to get to a level that they're comfortable with. So we've all had pudding and we've all enjoyed it. So try and just <laughs> not say that it tastes exactly like that, but you know, you're going to get flavors of, and then people will go, okay, cool. I can get there. Yeah. Definitely. It's better than dusty basements with old leather couches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just please stop it. Um, so another one for the punch up section. Um, is there any place that you guys want to sort of shout out? Jen, we'll start with you. Is there anywhere that you think that people need to be aware of where they should go for their whiskey journey? I think if you're coming to Scotland, make sure you get down and dirty with a good old whiskey bar somewhere. You know, if the city you're in, ask where there's a whiskey bar or a pub that has a good selection of whiskies. Because I think if you can go somewhere like the Pot Still, for example, or the Bon Accord in Glasgow, um, or Tipsy Midge in Edinburgh, and have a bar person, they're usually so knowledgeable, helpful. You get speaking to people at the bar. I just think that's such a great thing to do, and you know not to say that your distillery tours are amazing if you can go to any fantastic but I just think that just live and breathe it in a good old-fashioned public house I'm all for that and things with these places as well is that the people behind the bar are just there to help you so if you walk in yeah. and you see thousands of bottles it's not like they're trying to intimidate you they're just gonna if you just go look I, I don't know they'll go this has been interesting to me try it you might like it and there's exactly yeah, especially at the pot still they're so good they're so good. We had our Whiskey Sisters first anniversary celebrations in the pot still with cake. With cake? Yeah. What cake did you have? We just had a Whiskey Sisters with our logo and animal print on it, Victoria Sponge. Amazing. <laughs> Let's talk about that a little bit more because we, <laughs> we, we, well, not only snacks, yeah, like... Oh, the food. But also um, just whiskey and like sponge cake and stuff like that. We did a Madeira single cask last year and it Ooh. it was Victoria sponge cake. It was exactly like that. And Ooh. we and we bribed everyone in the pub with cake. Did you? And well, yes. that's always a good way to make yeah. friends as well. You get cake if you follow us. Really? <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> that's how you get the followers. I've got to no, get baking. True absolutely yeah, no shame right. shameless plug this tiny little bit of madeira i'm saving for when you guys come and visit and we're going to have yes. victoria sponge cake in this madeira because it will work perfectly love it again we yeah, won't do it on a podcast because us stuffing our faces with cake and whiskey will just not be for good listening <laughs> but yeah saved yeah. sorry inca so where where do you where are you going to send people Okay, because Jen went kind of on those like down and dirty, I will say Glen Turret. If you are in Glasgow and Edinburgh, you know, it's close enough. Go fancy, go and try the amazing 2022 releases, probably soon 23 as well. They were very good and it's a beautiful place. And you would think with the new owners and stuff, I don't know, I was expecting like it's going to be really big production and just a little bit... Mm, not so nice, but it was very cute and small and just all in the detail. And the whiskeys were really amazing. And the lunch in the Michelin star restaurant was superb. Nice. Did you both go? Yes. Oh, even better. Amazing. 
it's a tough gig being a whiskey sister, Rob. Yeah. You know what? I believe you 100% and I think that you're doing a fantastic <laughs> job. I really do. Um, Inca, one more question. You're in Florence. Obviously, I was there a few months ago for uh, the Florence Whiskey Festival, which was a really great festival held by Claudio, um, except for the live music. Claudio, if you're listening, less, less live music at a whiskey festival, mate. We're there to chat, not to just sort of do the Irish jig for four hours. Um, Florence, as far as a whiskey scene, was quite interesting. I went to a couple of bars and... There seems to be this tiny sort of like underground whiskey club slash movement going on, especially with the guys from Rasputin. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, I have to admit, I don't know like too much. I know they we have the bar um, Lovecraft and they, that's like the official whiskey bar here. And then with Rasputin, they host a lot of tastings and I think they got decent selection. Um, and they do it for different brands and so on. And I think the guy as well who owns the place, he well, he has a YouTube channel about whiskey. Um, but he's also like a kind of brand ambassador for loads of different brands here in, in Florence. Is that Daniele, it's, guy with the shaved head? Yeah, he's like... Yeah, I did an interview with him on his, whisk, on his whiskey YouTube channel. He He does seem to just pimp himself out to absolutely anybody yeah it does feel like he's the man but yeah I, I don't know like I don't think there's a massive whiskey scene but that's something I'm gonna be discovering because I, I lived somewhere else for a while so I only just returned to Florence so I'm gonna explore and see yeah I feel like there is this little Italian culture sort of emerging I was at Rome Whiskey Festival as well and there were some serious nerds there as well and I'm like Okay, it's starting to bubble up a little bit over there, which is quite exciting. So watch yeah, this space. I was, I was thinking of going to the Milan one and maybe to Naples later on in the year and just check them out and see what's happening. I think I'm doing Milan. I think I'll be there, hopefully. Okay. So yeah, hopefully we'll bump into each other. Um, and then obviously going back to Daniele from Rasputin, if anyone follows him on Instagram, I swear the guy sleeps in a suit. No matter what, no matter what, no matter what time of day you see him online or you just see him in person, the guy's in a three-piece suit all the time. I even saw him on Dressed a trip for to... success. I mean... But Rasputin, Rasputin is kind of like a speakeasy yeah, but place. All the time? I think he went to... <laughs> I, I think he went to Kilcoman recently and still remained in a three-piece suit when they took him out to, like, the peat bog fields and things like that. And it's like, sense of place? He okay. is Italian. <laughs> He's a legend. They like to dress up. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's always on show, but he's a legend. So, uh, Daniele, ciao, and mi dispiace. Okay. Right. Before we go, because I really do appreciate your time, but uh, we've all had long days of work, and so whiskey does beckon for all of us after this podcast. Before we go, start with you, Jen, and then obviously over to you, Inca, but I just want you to promote yourselves, your podcast, your work, your writings, and anything else that you want to do. Let the people know where they can find you, if you want them to find you, and uh, <laughs> everything like that. So, Jen, do you want to kick off? Yes. If you would like to make some Whiskey Pals and Inca and I, check out our website, www.whiskeysisterspodcast.com. Have a little look at what we're up to. We would love for you to reach out. We're on lots of social media as well, aren't we, Inca? Yeah, exactly. Um, subscribe, have a listen to our podcast. There's lots of different episodes, different topics. So a little bit for everyone. And 
Season three is coming for you soon. Yes, I was going to ask, do you want to talk about when season three is going to go live or do you want to just sort of save that for something where more than six no, people that's... listen to it? <laughs> that would be 31st of May. So we did say that we're coming back in May, but we're leaving it very last minute, but it's still May. So that's when it will be live. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, got a few things to juggle. But, you know, we don't post and ghost on social media. We interact. If people send us a little message, you know, we always get back to people like as soon as we can, because it's just, as we say, we're all about those connections and learning from everyone and sharing that journey and building our community. So it would be really nice to hear from anyone that wants to reach out. Yeah. And also, if you're interested in any other spirits, check on the source again as well. There you go. So you guys were recommended by Becky Paskin on the last episode of this podcast. Thanks, Becky. Yep, thanks to Becky and her amazing work that she just released. So we recorded the podcast and then the Many Faces of Whiskey came out like a couple of days later and she's doing amazing work. But her recommendation of you guys was absolutely perfect and I really do appreciate your time. So everybody that listens, go and find the Whiskey Sisters, Jen and Inca. Listen to their podcast, like, subscribe and interact so we can all be whiskey pals. <laughs> May your glass be full and your dram on fire. I don't know whether I should sign off or just leave it at that. <laughs> I will sign off, but Jen, Inca, thank you so much. Thank you so thank much you. for having us, Rob. Thank you. It's been yeah. great fun. Good fun. Thank you ever so much. Okay, that's it for this week. And we will catch you again next time on the I Want to Like Whiskey podcast. But until then, enjoy whiskey however you want on your terms. Cheers. This podcast is brought to you by Cotswolds Distillery, a grain-to-glass distillery based in the Cotswolds National Landscape, a designated area of outstanding natural beauty and the home of England's best-selling single malt whiskey. Our philosophy is simple. We make delicious spirits in a beautiful part of the world. The Cotswolds Distillery. Our spirit, your whiskey.